0: My new book is out, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital. It hit the Wall Street Journal bestsellers list, and I just wanted to say thank you. I hope you get it at capitalistbook.com. Calm. Here's what user Jay Eggleston said in an Amazon review. Warning, this book is addicting. Is Nathan the new Tim Ferriss? He said, I met Nathan during my college days when he was still CEO of Hale. I knew he was inspiration since the day I met him. The book is totally a Nathan Ladka original, and this is the new four-hour work week. Warning though, it is addicting. I'm not sure how long I've been reading it now, and the only thing that is making me from put it down is the dreaded workday tomorrow. Six people found that helpful. Get the book today at capitalistbook.com. He had some success early on in life. Now he's enjoying tearing Up the Powder, doing this side project called Upsync that he still enjoys. It's doing about 2,500 bucks per month. Has a couple of freelancers building it, really hoping to help SMBs that haven't found the web yet, uh, when they do find the web, uh, jump on his platform, I guess. But he's enjoying it. It's a testing ground for him. And meanwhile, he's just enjoying life. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Hello everyone, my guest today is Brad Gilbert. He was born and raised in New Jersey, a graduate of Amherst College. He's the founder and former CEO of People Productions, a digital marketing agency located in Boulder, Colorado. In 1999, he spun off a related SaaS business called Upsing to help their clients distribute, track and control the digital content we are creating for them. He sold, or they were creating for them. They sold People Productions in 2017, and now solely he's now solely focused on running Upsync, a mobile sales enablement platform. Brad, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes. All right. What does that mean? What's the company doing? and how do you make money?
1: So uh, we had clients come to us. We, as People Productions, a media a digital media company, we were creating lots of content for clients, and we had one particular client, a medical sales device company. That we were creating numerous videos for. And the marketing director said, I I need a a better way to distribute this content, also to track the content, to see who's using the content. Otherwise, it just gets thrown out there and I have no idea what's being done with it. So originally, this was built for a client. And at their height, they had over 10,000 users, over 20,000 assets. It was in over 100 countries and 17 languages. They're a multinational corporation, a, a global uh, 100 company, Fortune 100 company. So fast forward
0: today, what does your current company do and how do you make money? Is it pure place ass?
1: So yeah, so we I kept the intellectual property rights and then White labeled it in uh, shortly in, in the early aughts. Um, we provide a simple... Uh, mobile distribution platform, content management, and tracking for for small for any kind of companies. That can be um, multi-level or smaller, any size. It was built for enterprise, but it works just as well for a small company. It's sort of the opposite of Salesforce. Salesforce, you have this whole you know huge you know you have to buy into the whole the whole thing. This is a very simple. We can get you online in less than a week. And,
0: and so, Brad, when, sorry, when customers are signing up for the platform, I mean, give me a general sense of what they're paying you per month or per year. What's an average?
1: Um, for under uh, 10 users, it's uh, $25 a month. And then it drops down to 19 and then 16 And then it's custom when they get up, start getting up to the high numbers, 500 a $1,000. Okay. Start, numbers so,
0: drop. so, again, I don't want to go down every cohort. What's the average customer pay you per month, would you say? Um, right now, for the smaller ones,
1: it's $25 per user per month.
0: Okay. Got it. So that, that's a fair average across your entire customer base.
1: Uh, now, yes. Right okay. now, are yes. so mostly small under 50. Yeah.
0: And now do you own the code base or are you still white labeling? No, we own the code base. You, okay. So when did that happen? When did you launch the company officially?
1: Um, two th- let's see, probably 2001. Okay. 2001.
0: And have you bootstrapped the company or did you decide to raise capital?
1: Uh, I bootstrapped it. We tried some capital, but it was too much effort and time. It was just easier to bootstrap it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, your bet, your best, you know, fundraising are your customers' dollars, right? That's what they say. What yeah. are you, speaking of customers, what have you scaled to today over the past 17 years? How many customers are now using the platform?
1: Um, now we're down to under 10 probably because we, it was originally built. I mean, when at one point it almost took over my entire company when we had the one main client that was using, had 10,000 users, they had also 15 apps that were built on top of this. It's also a data collection tool. So...
0: And, and so sorry, Brad, just to be clear, uh, across that... Cust- so 10 customers, but I imagine each of them have like, th- there are seats under those customers. How many total paid seats are on your platform today?
1: Today, we're probably at uh, under 100, maybe. Okay. Rebuilding. Sorry? Re- rebuilding. Okay, almost- so...
0: Just to be, I want to get this. I want to understand this first. So, 100 seats at 25 bucks a pop. You're doing about 2,500 bucks a month right now. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, to walk me through. I mean, this has been going for 17 years. Uh, it's 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 basically you're back at ground floor zero. Why? I mean, why not move on and start something new?
1: Why not? Why not move on it? Well, why not move?
0: I mean, it's if if you know if a company's 17 years old and it's still you know doing two three five grand a month, that's a signal to you that there maybe is not a market for it.
1: Well, no, it's it's good for smaller users. I mean, at one point, it almost took over my entire, I had a bigger, much bigger company. People Productions was a, you know, we had several million dollars in revenue a year. And I switched a lot of resources over to Upsync. But after a while, it reached a point where I was spending my own money, not some, not venture capital money, and realized that really, I didn't want to take down my bigger company just to keep the smaller one going. But the the upsync is profitable, and as long as it's profitable, there's no reason not to keep it going. Well, actually,
0: if everyone ever used that logic, if you had a dollar of revenue and it profited a dollar a month, you'd still spend forty hours a week building it. And you and I both know that doesn't work. So why are you using that as your barometer? As long as it's profitable, I'm going to keep spending all my time on it.
1: Well, it's 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 a virtual company at this point. I don't have com- I don't no longer have employees. These are all my employees are all freelancers that are working in various places. So you're the um, only full-time. Yes. Okay, but um, you must be even, doing
0: something else, though, to support yourself. I mean, $2,500 a month doesn't go a long way.
1: Well, I'm basically retired. I sold a very successful media company and did very well over the years. So I'm, this is just a, something to keep me keep, keep me doing something when I'm semi-retired.
0: <laughs> so so you, you couldn't just go to the Mediterranean coast, get a yacht, and just float around the rest of your life? You had to just jump back in and get your hands dirty on
1: something? Well, it's just fun. It's actually, I mean, we put over over three million dollars into the tool, so it's a very cool, fun. Yeah, but you uh, can't
0: tell uh, me that. Brett. That makes me that makes me so sick to my stomach because it's it's doing twenty five hundred bucks a month. You put three million bucks in, it's doing twenty five hundred bucks a month. That's
1: not a good. That's not a good setup. But that three million, most of it came from one dedicated client that you know that they helped. They really paid for most of the bills of the thing. And, but why uh-huh. is it, so
0: it's declining like very fast. Why is it, that's what I'm trying to figure out is why is it declining so fast?
1: Well, it was primarily built for one client and then took it, I, then I spent, uh, you know, half a million of my own money trying to take it public and, you know, raise capital. and make What it, year? You know, that was in the early thousands. And then after a while I realized, you know, I'm burning through my money. I don't need to do this. I have enough money to retire. This is just, it's nice to have this, you know, it's a great tool. Why throw it away? We put all this into it. As long as it's continuing to work keep doing it, we just added another customer this week and where, you know, we have some other prospects online. So I'm right now, I'm trying to rebuild it because I have a lot of free time since I'm basically work, you know, retired.
0: So what do you think, you know, it's 2,500 bucks a month today. I mean, how fast is it growing per month? How, how big do you think you can grow this over the next six months?
1: Um, I don't know, we've got a client, it's, it's, when clients come on board, they come on usually with one division, and a division may be 15 or 20 people, but generally if they have a sales force, it's, they have other divisions, 500, maybe 1,000, we try to get from one division, we start in one division of our original company, you know, they only had maybe 50 users, went to 300, then to 500, then 1,000, then 5,000, then 10,000, so it can grow quickly. If you get inside a company that knows how to use it, they'll it grows inside the company. You know, I get that,
0: Brad, but today you're at hundred seats across all your customers. That's what I'm trying to figure out is why don't you have a thousand seat account yet? Especially since you've already done that. It sounds like you already had a customer that was paying you three million, it paid you three million bucks. Like you lost those customers already. So what makes you think you're going to get them back?
1: Because there's still a lot of people that are using paper. <laughs> there's still a lot of people who have not moved into the digital realm. There's still a lot of people who are using brochures. And because this product works offline, there's still a lot of people out in the field who could really use a a product that, you know, can be used without having internet connections. Always.
0: You know, yeah, but how? I mean, Brad. No offense, but I mean, there are companies that are in this space, you know, significantly larger than this, way, way better funded. I mean, what, they're going to find those people faster than they're going to find you. I mean, how are you going to beat those people on distribution?
1: I'm no longer. I've. I've. I've it's. We still get a lot of uh, leads coming over the transom, over our website. We still get leads every week, a couple of leads every week. We follow up on them. And if they are, if it works out, it works out. But as long as it's continuing to be in positive revenue, why should I kill it off? Because
0: your opportunity cost on your time. We, we all die at some point, And this company is doing 2,500 bucks a month when you could be doing something much more impactful potentially. That's why.
1: Well, Nathan, I also have a house in British Columbia and I snowboard all winter. And this, you know, I have, I have the freedom to do whatever I want, but it's fun to keep, you know, in, in something that I've, you know, that I built and still, and works really well. And it's fun to use.
0: So this this is, this is kind of like a playground for you. It's not something you're looking to scale to a million bucks a month or anything like that. It's, it's fun for you to tinker around with and then snowboard the rest of the time.
1: Yeah. You could just, you could just
0: say that by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And you know, no, I spent 30 years, 30 plus years running a digital media company so I've had more than my fair share of work experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, what, the reason I'm pushing you, Brad, so hard on this with a guy with your wisdom and your experience, I think there's a big, big issue in tech world and in startup world. Everyone always wants to start a new idea and try and grow it. Nobody puts parameters in place for when to kill something, right? And this is like the rationale you just used, I think, is just dangerous for especially people that haven't had your success. Right. If their logic is if it's profitable, if it's making it a dollar a month, I'm gonna keep doing it. I've seen so many smart, smart young people stuck in shitty ideas with a ton of funding because it still makes money. And it's just it it saddens me.
1: Well, I'm when I'm also when I have I now have a house in Canada and I'm joining, they have a startup thing in the town that I'm there. So I'm offering my services there to, you know, as a mentor. I've sort of reached the mentor stage at this point. You know, I've made enough money in my life that I can do what I want, but now I would like to help others, you know, after I have 30 years of experience in, you know, building and running a business, I can help others. So I'll help others in startups, which like others helped me.
0: Give give me an example of something like when you're mentoring someone, starting a company and kind of digital media, what's a piece of advice that you'd give them? And the reason I'm asking this is because this space is changing so fast. I wonder if things you used, you know, 10, 20, 30, whenever you used them years ago to build your company, are they still relevant? Can they still be executed on today?
1: Yeah, and a lot of the things most people, I'm really from the business side. I was also the CFO of the company, CEO, CFO. And a lot of people, you know, generally you meet on the creative side. They're on the creative side or they're developers and they all have great ideas or they're very creative, but most of them don't have strong business backgrounds. So they need people who who can say to them, okay, is this gonna make money? What's the what are the numbers here? Let me see the numbers. I'm very good with spreadsheets and and uh, finances. So I can look at a business and say, well, yeah, you're going to, is this going to make money over time? And where's the holes here in your, in your, you know, profitability? Because business is still business, <laughs> you know?
0: I, I understand that. Uh, but I mean, are you typically, working with people in the media space. And when you talk about, is this going to be profitable? You're talking about, okay, you're selling human time at a hundred bucks an hour, uh, but you're paying 50 bucks an hour, a 50% margin per hour doesn't work. I mean, like, what are you actually looking at metrics wise?
1: I'm looking at P&Ls and balance sheets and stuff. So one of the reasons I got out of doing Upsync is, and really putting more money into it, to, in particularly in a place like Boulder, Colorado, the competition for developers is incredibly intense. That everybody, every developer thinks they want to be working on the next, you know, Google, they want to be on the next hot product. And you have to, it's very hard to keep a team of developers together, good developers, because they all want to be working, you know, they all want equity and they all want to have the next hot thing. So I really I wanted to get out of the development business. Keeping
0: well, how do you a, build a product, especially a SaaS product, without understanding how to motivate developers?
1: Well, I had built I had a team for a while, you know a long time for you know we spent a lot of time and money and built the thing, and now it's just you know fine tuning it works. It's a very stable platform. I mean, it ran ten thousand users on it, you know, with over twenty thousand assets, and they run they ran apps on top of it, fifteen apps on top of it cost analysis tools, quote builders, things they built it was it was built for enterprise. So now to be scaled down to a smaller companies, we don't have to do a lot of work on it. Yeah, but sure
0: sure you do. I mean, there are company Okay, so let's look at just quotes, uh, like for small businesses. I mean, I can name off the top of my head 10 companies competing heavily in that space. FreshBooks is probably the leading one. And and QuickBooks is maybe after that you're telling me you, you feel like you can compete with them without having a dev team that's constantly pushing the envelope, adding new stuff, adding more integrations, things like that.
1: We built, it was a very, this is a very robust tool. When you have over 10,000 users. That's not that 20, many
0: though, Brett, by the way, that's not a ton of users relative to FreshBooks and QuickBooks. And
1: yeah, yeah, but I'm not trying to play in that, in that league. Not, well, you
0: just told me quotes for SMB.
1: Well, I'm saying you could, you, we can, we have things that are already built that can be easily adapted for a small business. There are a lot of small business, small to medium sized businesses out there who are not, heavily in the digital space and have not yet converted to mobile and stuff. And then this is a simple, what we look at as is a simple, fast, easy solution, not, you know, a f- you know, sales force where you're gonna have to move everything into there.
0: No, I get that, Brad, but how will they, f- okay, so I'm a small business that haven't moved digi- hasn't moved digital. Maybe I'm running a restaurant. I say, you know what? All my friends are talking about these amazing things online. I need to do this thing in the cloud. I Google search, small business, cr- quickly create a quote or an invoice. Why are they going to find you instead of a FreshBooks or a QuickBooks or many of these other tools competing for the same business?
1: Well, they're, we're in the sales enablement space, not so much in the content, you know, relationship space. It's sales enablement. If they're looking to go mobile, and they want to have, you know, what started this was really the iPad. When the iPad came on, and then all of a sudden, all these people have this incredible tool they could use, and they already had it. It was easy just to add it to their you know, list of uh, things they could use. Yeah, but
0: Brad, I mean, come on, you know, that there are huge companies competing for all these things with huge developer teams today. What I heard you just tell me was you feel like developers are hard to keep together, but you don't need developers to keep your platform competitive. That, that's what I heard you say. Did I mishear you?
1: The, the guy who built it is a freelancer now, and he's, he's come back to work on it. He likes working on it. And it turns out a lot of the stuff that he learned, he's used in other companies. So. And look, I'm not looking to make millions of dollars anymore. I've, I've had my, I've worked, ran a business, a big business for 30 plus years. Now it's just, you know, it's something to do and it works and it's fun. Why not? Why kill it off when it still works? And it's pretty elegant.
0: So you're just, you're just filling your time. That's all you want to just, do. Just kind of fill your time and snowboard when you can. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm a, I chase powder all over North America. Yes.
0: All right. All right, Brad, let's wrap up here with the Famous Five. Number one, what's your favorite business book?
1: Uh, I don't read business books. What's your last book that you read? Oh, I read tons of fiction. I'm more of a, I was an English major in college. Yeah, so what's the what's
0: the last book that you read?
1: Uh, I just finished reading Calypso, David Sedaris' uh, stories uh, the other day.
0: Number two.
1: I read the the business you know, New York Times every day, the business section every day. I keep in touch with the local business journals in town here just to you know see what's going on and stuff. But
0: number number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying or really respect?
1: No, I'm not chasing business anymore. I've watched (laughs) enough of you understand I Brad watched.
0: the question is simply is there anyone you respect what you're basically when you say no to that answer what I hear is there you feel like you you've learned everything about the space there's no CEOs that you're learning from that, that's what I hear
1: no I read I just I followed you know I read the business section I read this stuff articles that are interesting to me I've, you know there's a lot of it going on in the cannabis space in Colorado obviously and in and in uh, Canada they're just in October it's becoming legal so I is there mean, any,
0: is there any CEO that you think is really doing a great job in that space, ushering it in? Um, or that you mentor? Mm, no, I haven't. Okay. I'm, I'm number just, three, I'm just in that place. number three, what's your favorite online tool for building your business besides your own?
1: Building your business. Uh, I don't know. I'm not big in the in the into using Twitter and LinkedIn and all those other things. No,
0: no. I said to build your business, not not consumer social media apps. Do you use any tools to build Upsync?
1: It's basically the web. You know, just using, um, you know, it's just.
0: How do you how do you up- manage how do you manage your product cycle with the developer? Do you use Asana or, or Jira or Monday or Basecamp or?
1: I'd let them deal with it. They, they don't.
0: Okay, you know. so no. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Well, eight or 10, and, eight at least. And what's your situation? Married, single, kiddos?
1: I'm single, I have a son in college, a sophomore in college, and I'm living in a beautiful place, Boulder, Colorado, and I have a house in Canada and I like to snowboard.
0: It is, it I is beautiful out there, I, I do love Boulder. And Brad, how old are you today? I am 59. 59, last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew?
1: What was my 20-year-old? What was that question? What do you wish your
0: 20-year-old self knew?
1: You're going to get older. Take advantage of everything when you can.
0: Guys, there you have it. Take advantage of everything when you can. He had some success early on in life. Now he's enjoying tearing Up the Powder, doing this side project called Upsync that he still enjoys. It's doing about $2,500 per month. Has a couple of freelancers building it, really hoping to help SMBs that haven't found the web Yet, uh, when they do find the web, uh, jump on his platform, I guess. But he's enjoying it. It's a testing ground for him. And meanwhile, he's just enjoying life. Brad, thank you for taking us to the top.